Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Friday Night Dinner Podcast. I'm your host, Curtis. With me, as always, is Dr. Stephanie Sarkis, PhD. Who you can find over at stephaniesarkis.com. How's it going today, Steph? Great. I'm much better than I was last week. Yay. Yay. As am I. My allergies have cleared up. Oh, good. Yeah. We're both feeling chipper. Exactly. Speaking Excellent. of Speaking of healing, uh, your new book is up for pre-order. Oh. Healing from Toxic Relationships. So people can go. La, 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 Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Friday Night Dinner Podcast. I'm your host, Curtis. With me, as always, is Dr. Stephanie Sarkis, PhD, who you can find over at stephaniesarkis.com. How are you today, Steph? How are you? Sorry? I'm good. How are you? Oh, good. You kind of cut out there a bit, so I oh, can't quite hear you. I'm good. Perfect. Uh, nice. I'm I'm okay. We talked off air, but yeah, I finally, I finally got caught by the runner, so, but... You know, luckily for me, like I've caught it now after getting like three vaccines and uh, I think I have a pretty strong otherwise immune system. So it hasn't been as terrible as I was expecting it to be so far. But yeah, it's, you know, it's interesting because like, I was telling you off air, but I was like, I, I've gone this whole time without getting it. I thought I was going to make a clean break mm-hmm. for it, but it's like one of the the running back in football he's running all the way to the end he gets tackled the last possible second like no not quite so you're in the dodge like i said you're in the dodgeball lineup for a long time yeah you yeah. made it through two years now actually the way i'm trying to look at it, at least optimistically is like at least i got it now and not you know back in like march or april 2020 right. when it was like like really potentially deathly ill yeah yeah so but we're still going to record a podcast because I don't feel too terrible. Um, so, yeah, if that changes, <laughs> you might not get an episode. But I think I'm, I'm feeling pretty good right now. So, good. Um, but yeah, uh, how's the weather your way? It's nice. It's getting hot. It's 82 right now. So we're not walking dogs during the day because 82 here is like 95. <laughs> so, yeah. So, I was, I was just very good. Well, it's getting pretty warm. It's, uh, well, 14 degrees uh, Celsius, which is roughly around, like, 58 Fahrenheit, so. Oh, it is warm enough. Yeah. At least for us. Shorts weather. Yeah. If I could go outside, I would be wearing shorts. Although, I can wear shorts inside. There's nothing wrong with that, so. You can, yeah. You can even, like, make a little beach scene inside if you're at home. Just, like, you know, get some sand and some, you know, heat lamp and. Yeah. You can do whatever you want. This is true. I've uh, mostly just been watching stuff because uh, it's funny because before um, this all happened, I was complaining to people like it's starting to get really busy for movie and TV show reviews. Uh, like it's all starting to kind of pile up and sometimes you just don't really have time. So I'm like, oh, I got to make the time and all this. And then COVID came along. It's like, we'll give you time. Don't worry. <laughs> so in a weird roundabout way, like I kind of got my wish, maybe not the way I wanted, but alas if we yeah. <laughs> yeah we'll give you extra time we'll give you five days where you can't leave your house that will get you all the time in the world to review there you all these go. shows 
yeah exactly um but yes uh yeah we're not here to talk about covid although <laughs> the last two years it seems like every episode just comes up in one way shape or form but uh we're here to talk about gilmore girls and in particular season seven episode two that's what you get folks for making whoopee which i really don't just like that episode season. title considering like yeah. what happens in this episode it's a it song. Just... yeah is, is it a song I... Yeah, it's a really old song, like, from the 1930s, 1940s. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. We've talked before about how Gilmore Girls as a show seemingly punishes women for a lot of different things, and I think this is... That's what happened to their psych section. <laughs> this episode... Let's we'll, we'll definitely get to that. There's some punishments, all right? And I think... I knew this episode was coming. This has to be probably one of my most despised episode of Gilmore Girls because of what it does to a character. We got racism... We got sexism. Yeah. We got all sorts of isms. And really, I think, you know, the show doesn't really touch on this that much, but, like, it's something that, you know, when you start to think about it, but, like, well, I guess the elephant in the room is uh, Lane, Lane is pregnant with Zach's child, and it was a terrible, terrible first time of them having sex. But what makes it worse, too, is, like, this is Lane. This is, you know, she's been making strides with the band. They went on the tour. Things are looking up. And, you know, her whole dream this entire show has been basically to do the band and, you know. And there's something about on the show that they punish women for sex. I mean, yeah. it seems like it. Yeah, there's this yeah. website I found called Stars Hollow Confessions. And quite a few people write about that, that, you know, how it just seems like women get punished and men don't. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, well, Zach, I guess, got punished a little bit, but arguably not nearly as much. You know, he was complaining about having the tapeworm or whatever. So, but rewatching this episode, like it was interesting because, like, the whole time, like, you have a parasite, and I'm like, okay, I see what you're going with this. The writing is not that clever. Like, yes, she technically does have a parasite if you really think about it in biological terms. But yeah, so. Um, yeah, I mean that's not the only thing that happens in this episode, but arguably that's the biggest thing. And I think most people think of this episode, that's what you think of. You don't really think too much about what's happening with Logan or what's happening with Lorelai nearly as much. Although I would argue the opening of this episode is probably one of my favorites with Luke going over to um, Christopher's and punching him in the face, which I know some people don't like, but... I kind of can see why Luke would do something like that. Oh, I see what happened. I thought, okay, so so when I watched the episodes for last week, mm -hmm. I um, that we did that we already recorded for, I saw the first part of of this episode on the back of the other ones. Mm. And so when he said like I punched out Christopher, I'm like, oh, he's just saying that just to like be obnoxious. <laughs> they actually did punch him out. <laughs> I totally forgot about that. Yeah. That's how we opened the episode, and that's probably one of my favorite things, because it's just Luke driving his truck. He's very calm and cool and collected, but by the time he gets there, he just, yeah, socks. Now I remember, face. yeah. Yeah. Okay, so really good. Which, I, I've seen some people say that Christopher is not entirely to blame, and obviously uh, Lorelai went to him, so it's not entirely his fault. My counter-argument to that would be, well, he knew that she was vulnerable and in pain, and he took advantage of that, at least in my opinion. So, is he 100% at fault? No, but I do think he could have done more to prevent that from happening, knowing what was at stake. So, 
how much did he did Christopher know about them splitting up and stuff? Uh, well, I think he knew that he must have known that things were on the outs because I think you know with what was happening with Lorelai and him before, like with the the big event there where they got into that big fight. Um, you know, he must have known that her getting closer her or her getting closer to him probably meant something was going on. So. I don't, I don't think about it. I don't know if he explicitly knows that they were, what was so going either on. Either he he helped her cheat on her fiance, or she said something and she was vulnerable. So either way, it's Monica looked for him. Yes. Although that being said, he definitely did know that she was, you know, in a in a state of distress when she came over, and right. obviously a better person would have been like, "Hey, what's going on? Like, let's talk through this. Like, you know." Right. Been a better not person. Nope. And we and plus we just don't like Christopher. No. So. Christopher just this is this season's I think I know why a lot of people don't like season seven that much, and it's because there's so much Christopher in it. Like we just got a lot of Christopher. <laughs> you can't really avoid it either. You just turn on the show and there's Christopher and you're like, Ugh, give me COVID a second time, please. No more Christopher. Okay. Um uh, this episode was... Oh, I guess I should say who wrote this episode. Um, bear with me as I'm a little off track this week. But uh, it was written by Rebecca Rand Kirshner and directed by Bethany Rooney. Which I find kind of interesting because the whole punishing women thing. They have a woman writer and a woman yeah. director. It seems very bizarre that they would choose to punish Lane like that. But... Well, if, but also if you think about as a director, there are less opportunities for women in the directing yeah. atmosphere. So, so maybe it was just a step forward that she was addressing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but I could also see the feeling that it's more important that a woman has that role mm-hmm. as a director. But, uh, yeah, Bethany uh, Rooney. Um, yeah. Excuse me. Sneeze there. Um, she actually won an award for this uh, episode. She won an online film and television association for best direction in a comedy series. And I'm like, uh. I mean, yeah, good for her. I wonder why this one. <laughs> yeah. Because it's such a problematic episode. Yeah. But back then, maybe not so much. Yeah. I mean, in my eyes, it's problematic, but yeah. I don't know. But again, this is twenty years ago, right? We're still also, twenty years. Also, too, like when this episode came out, like this was the last season at the time of Gilmore Girls, so I'm sure awards contenders were or award organizations were like, the show's been on for a while, like let's finally throw it some consideration. Because so, you know much more about, yeah, you know much more about that than I do. Yeah, okay. like sometimes when shows are ending, they kind of give a little bit of sympathy and will nominate and give awards to the shows, even though that mm-hmm. season might not be the best season, but. You know, it's sort of like a gracious kind of award for like, hey, you've done this for so long and the show's pretty good, mostly. Uh, you know, maybe it's for her other body of work too. Maybe it was all like a cumulative yeah. award yeah. for her. Mm-hmm. Hey, did anybody in the show go on an Emmy? Uh, Not just for acting, but also for other stuff too. I'd have to double check, but I don't think so. But um, yeah, uh, yeah. So. Uh, yeah, Rory and uh, Logan were supposed to go to Asia, but they have to cancel their trip. Uh, so, um, 
Lorelai turns the house into an ancient theme wonderland, which I'm like, ugh, cultural appropriation. Uh, that was... There's probably a lot to dissect there, but I, I felt pretty... the picture of Sandra O oh next to Mao was, like, really bad taste. Yeah. Um, I felt really uncomfortable watching that scene. I'm like, this is really... Yeah. This is this is too much. Um, and I doubt Amy Sherman Belladina would have done something like that. Um, no, I, I don't think... Because we, we saw some inappropriate problematic stuff and nothing to that degree. No. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, Lorelai, uh, gets a voicemail from Christopher, which Rory hears, and it kind of derails her relationship a little bit when she finds out that Lorelai slept with Christopher. And I thought Rory was making some good points where she was saying, like, you, you know, didn't really think about how this would apply, uh, affect me and Christopher's relationship, so... I thought she was making some good points there. I'm like, yeah, you know. I didn't get like she was portraying the relationship as things were going really well between Roy and Christopher. And I didn't see that. It didn't. It sounded like Christopher was starting to slack again. Yeah. His relationship with Rory. So I was kind of confused about the. Oh yeah, things were going so well. But yeah, I guess compared to him being an absentee father, it was better. So. Yeah. Let's give uh, Christopher a little bit of credit. He's he's not the most terrible father on the planet. He's just he's building his way up, slowly. But maybe not so right. surely. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think what else happened in this episode. And even made fun of the kids of, of famous people's kids' names. And it was interesting because those have cultural backgrounds to them. And I'll mention that too in my reference thing. But yeah, they're making fun of of, um, of these names. I'm thinking like, but you didn't look into why they're they're named after famous people. Yeah. Like, it was like natural. So we can talk about that. Yeah, it was more like, oh... This name sounds funny, and you're like, eh. there's more to it than that. Um, right. Luke's repairing the damage to the diner caused by Kirk last episode. Um, yeah. Uh, Liz and TJ insist that Luke come over for for uh, dinner. And, uh, yeah. They're kind of asking him about like what happened with Lorelai, but they're not really willing to talk. Or he's not really willing to talk about it. Also, Kirk opens a new diner called Kirk's, which I thought was the best part of this episode. Also, pretty, like, malicious of Kirk, too. Like, I don't know. I think sometimes Kirk goes from being, like, mild-mannered and well-meaning to just being, like, an awful human being in this. I was like, come on, man. You know. You know uh, Luke's not doing too well. Like, leave it be. What did you think about that? I just thought that he was... I. Kirk has these moments where he's just mean. Yeah. And it's always interesting to me that he goes from being, like, he started out being this kind of, like, side character that kind of did kind of bumbling stuff. And then we found out, oh, he's got kind of an interesting backstory with the David Lynch film. And then he, he just has these moments, like, with the bats. Mm-hmm. Like, knocking the bats unconscious or whatever. And then this scene, it's just, he, he's got a little bit of a sadistic streak to him. He does, doesn't he? All this mm-hmm. repressed rage. And he's even telling Luke, like, oh, I saw an opportunity, and I capitalized on it. I'm like, okay, that's that's one way to do it, but, like, because there, yeah, it just felt a little bit too far for Kirk. I don't know. I know he's, yeah. I know he's a little, like, deaf in the ear, so to speak, like, tone deaf about these things, but. Oh, I felt, was like, what? <laughs> I don't know how the, the saying goes, but basically, like, he. Tone, tone deaf. Yeah. yeah, like, he doesn't really quite like read the situation always properly but yeah. doesn't read the room yeah yes but this this was more 
maliciousness. 100%. But yeah, we've seen that from him. But I think also it looks like season seven they kind of threw out the show bible on the characters and they just kind of started over and just decided they were yeah. the characters they wanted. Well, you know, and uh, Amy Hur and Paladino kind of understood there was like more dimension to those characters. Even look at an example like um, with uh, uh, Emily, you know, like she's always said there's more to Emily than just being a bitch, but you know. Because that's of... what Amy Hur and Paladino said. Yeah. Yeah. So I kind of feel like a lot of these people just don't quite understand the characters fully. Like, they just don't have enough depth and understanding. And also, too, like, they give some characters more prominent roles. Like, uh, TJ is kind of, like, starting to become a prominent character in the season. And I'm like, does TJ really have enough to support, like, a, a big arc? Like, I don't think so. He's just kind of a doofus. Like, I don't know. But... Uh, okay. Um, yeah, um, yeah, I think at the end of the episode is when they find out that, that she's, that Rory, or, uh, not Rory, um, Lane is pregnant, so. For one night of bad sex. Yeah. yeah. For one day. Yeah. And they're surprised having sex on the beach without a blanket is gonna be an issue. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was like, just hearing that, I was like, oh gosh, what are you doing, Lane? Like. I know it's your honeymoon and all, and you do you, but girl, that's that's rough. Okay. <laughs> um, what was your favorite reference from this episode? Um, I I thought at least they mentioned that the Mickey Rooney role in Breakfast at Tiffany's was racist. So it's not yeah. a favorite, but at least I'll throw them that 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 was where uh, Mickey Rooney played an Asian character, and it was extremely racist. Mm-hmm. Uh, that movie came out in the nineteen sixties, by the way. But yeah. It's a good movie, but that's a highly problematic character. Because Mickey Rooney, like, I'm assuming he identified as white. Um, is, yeah. Yeah, so, um, yeah. But I'm like, oh, at least they said that was racist. Um, the other thing is that Satchel, so they're making fun of the kids' names. So Mia Farrow does have a son named Satchel. But here's the background of their names, which is kind of annoying me. That, like, not only are they being racist towards the you know Asian American Pacific Islander community, um, they also are making fun of these names. Um, Satchel's named after Satchel Page, who who was really a groundbreaking baseball player that uh, Mm -hmm. was one of the first black baseball players um, in the um, in the major leagues. Mm -hmm. Um, That Satchel Ronan, Satchel Ronan Farrow is now Ronan Farrow, who is a journalist. And he's one of the journalists that broke the Harvey Weinstein um, stuff. I think it was in, I think he wrote it for Vanity Fair. Yeah. And I think they tried to shut it down and stuff. Or some, some other news outlet tried to shut it down. He went to Vanity Fair and had it published. So that's actually Ronan Farrow. Um, also, Banjo, who is Rachel Griffith's son, is named for Banjo Patterson, who is a, um, kind of a folk hero in Australia. And he wrote the poem Waltzing Matilda. Mm-hmm. So that's what the song's based on. So I was like, you know, you, you didn't even, like, give them credit. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, like, those are two culturally significant people that, that they named their kids after. Yeah. So, it's interesting, so too, because, like, you know, normally the show's pretty smart when it comes to references like that. But I think now you've got people trying to, like, do that Amy Sherman Palladino model, but they don't have the cultural knowledge that she did. So it comes across as, like, people who just don't understand pop culture. Like, they probably, dumb and ignorant. 
Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Like they probably sell those names where like all those are funny names, and yeah, it didn't do any research. And if you're gonna do a reference like that, you should do the research and find out. Yeah, what do those names mean? But it's season right. seven. And then, well, and then Lane's like, "Well, I'm not gonna name my kid after an inanimate object." And like, I'm just hearing the narrator go, "Yes, Lane will." <laughs> Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, well, there's more to come with the the lane story in this. It doesn't get any better, in my opinion. But okay. Um, I think. Uh, yeah, favorite reference. I there wasn't a whole lot. They were all pretty awful, in my opinion. Oh, um, Luke t- asked TJ about what do you do about string theory, and then. Uh, TJ says, "Don't underestimate me. Underestimate me, Luke. I read and watch Battle. Gar- I read and I watch Battlestar Galactica, and the, the way he said that was pretty funny. Like I read, I'm like good for you, TJ. But yeah, I, I had a good laugh at that one because at the time I think Battlestar Galactica was kind of like considered like the thinking man show, right? So oh yeah, yeah. Kind of like how Lost and all those other shows were." But now there's there's so many of those types of shows, like so many shows that de- demand that you use your brain to kind of think about all the plots and all that stuff. Whereas back in like, yeah, 2006, 2007, it was a little rarer to have a show like that. Was it or was it just less outlets? Because now we have so many different mediums or different yeah. streaming services and stuff. Mm-hmm. But back then, I mean, they, Lost was around that time and that was the thinking yeah lost must have started like i'm trying to remember when lost started 2004 okay that sounds about right yeah okay um all right favorite quote do you have a favorite quote from this episode such a pity laugher that says to um what's her name (laughs) sookie oh yeah yeah what about Mm -hmm. you uh, there was like a few, uh, I don't know, by and large, this episode is not nearly as, as witty. Um, uh, there was like a weird, um, oh, Rory said when like she couldn't answer the phone, she says, I'm a cat with no legs. And I was like, huh? Yeah, that was interesting. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or uh, Luke saying, you think I should put a stained glass window up of a peaceful looking giraffe on the side of my diner? And you can tell on TJ's mind, he's like, that makes sense. (laughs) Everything makes sense to TJ, and then it makes sense to nobody else. So, Okay. Uh, He's pretty happy with things. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, Behind the scenes trivia. Let's see what we got here. See if we've got anything interesting. Uh, oh, the Buddha statue that's in Rory's, uh, well, Lorelai's house when they walk in is from Lane's wedding. So either they oh, really? re- reuse the prop or maybe prop they gave it to her. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Um. Here, read a comment from the Star Hollow Confessions. Here, you can go ahead. I gotta find it. Mm-hmm. Uh. Rory mentions as an example of mistakes made by Gwyneth Paltrow movie where Gwyneth played a flight stewardess. Uh, uh, the name of the movie was A View from the Top, which got terrible reviews and bombed at the box office. So, but, yeah, yeah, I forgot. I knew that movie, but I'd totally forgotten the, the name yeah. of it. Um, 
Let me see if I can find. Um, someone wrote the Star Tile Confession, which is pretty interesting. It's people you know, with issues with the show, and they don't identify themselves mm. because it's so controversial to criticize the show. I guess. Yeah. Um. Oh, and and this person said, um, as so this is a quote from um, and these are all anonymous, so I don't know who wrote this. And this is from Star Tile Confessions on actually it's on Tumblr. Okay. Um, and it says, as an Asian American, this episode is always uncomfortable to watch as it comes off racist, though I don't believe that was the intent. I also wonder how Sandra O oh felt about her face being next to Chairman Mao. She's from Canada. The worst part was the absolutely awful pronunciation Worldlight has for Chinese words. They also blend all Asian cultures together, even though they're distinctive and different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was that was a comment from somebody on the that's an, that was an anonymous comment on Stars Hollow Confessions. There you go. Okay, um, I think it's time for some mental health observations. Is there anything you wanted to point out? We kind of talked about some stuff already, but... Either this show tends to punish women um, when they're doing well or when they have sex. Mm-hmm. Something bad happens to them. We see with Lane particularly. I don't think... I just have a feeling Amos Jura Paladino would not have gone this route with Lane. Um, you know, Lane waits to have sex, and she's a terrible experience. I mean, granted, she married Zach, so... You know, yeah. she kind of she kind of knew who Zach was when she married him. Yeah. But, um, but also, it just seems so grossly unfair to do that to her character. Oh, 100 percent. Yeah. Though we've seen this with other things, too, you know, so um, and I also wonder if Lorelai set up the whole Asian-themed night to distract from um, Rory finding out about her and Christopher mm-hmm. because you figured that was going to come out sometime. And so I wonder if there's like maybe a little gaslighting behavior going on that she's just trying to kind of divert Rory's attention and then Christopher's uh, voicemail message just kind of like throws it all off anyway mm-hmm. um, and then I again you know I don't know if things have really ever been good with you and Christopher and Rory yeah they're better mm-hmm. but they haven't been great and then then we get into again you know uh, Sookie having a point of you know why I, I think she said why did you tell him or what's why would you tell him about Christopher and, you know, I think it has a lot to do with Lorelai feeling guilty. And that's not a good enough reason to disclose that to Luke. You know, did it help Luke knowing that? No, it hurt him. Um, so that's something that she just has, should have lived with herself. They weren't having sex after she had sex with Christopher, right? So it, it's, and they had broken up. So it's really, it, it didn't have to be, I feel like it didn't have to be shared with Luke. Except mm. that, that Lorelai was feeling guilty. Yeah. And that's not a good enough reason because it really hurt him. Yeah. Okay. You know, guilt is not enough good enough reason to, to do that to somebody. Because mm-hmm. you're swinging your own guilt. Anyways. Yeah. All right. I think it's time to put this episode out of its misery. What are you thinking for a score? A three or a four at best. I'll give us like half know. out of ten. Like. 0.5. Well, the lowest one ever. Oh, God. I really don't like this episode. It's, like, painful to watch. There's nothing really redeeming about it. It's just annoying to watch. And it's just not I good. I hate to see that just the, the friendship between Lane and Rory. Yeah. And the other was a sex-positive message from Rory that, you know, yeah, the beginning is awkward, but then sex is good. So there's that. But other yeah. than that, it was, it's, I mean, I mean, you, you warned me about season seven. So, yeah, I can see why people really hate it. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's not really in line with the characters or show up until this point. Even like season six and five, like those shows are, those seasons are a little bit 
not as great as some of the earlier ones, but arguably they're still better than season seven. So, but I think there are some moments in season seven that are decent, but we'll get to those. Uh, it's so it's not all totally terrible, but yeah, there's a lot of not great. In it. All right, uh, Steph is over at StephanieSarkis.com. And uh, is it how to heal from a toxic relationship? That's the... Healing from toxic relationships. Yes. Yeah. And you can pre-order it on my website. There you go. Very exciting. And uh, I'm over at threeingreeners.com where almost every other day we've got new content going up. And with that said, we'll see you all next time. Bye for now.